Hi everybody, welcome back to Dollar Dollar Bills, a way of life to build personal wealth and financial freedom. Today, just based on kind of where I'm at in my life and kind of wanting to go off the cuff a bit uh, unscripted today, which I'm never truly fully scripted, <laughs> if you can't tell, but today I'm going to be completely unscripted. But, you know, in my life, just now having our second child and kind of thinking about future generations and building wealth and how future generations view money and really the things that you can't learn in school, that you can't really pick up a textbook and and fully understand, but you really have to understand kind of as it's happening in, in your life. And that's really everything and anything, you know, financially related and how we develop those characteristics, those traits, and the proper mindset around money and future generations. So for me specifically, obviously, I'll speak a bit in terms of personal experiences to what my examples are for my my kids at different stages growing up and how I want to kind of implement some some good kind of money mindsets but also behaviors and financial behaviors in their life but I think generally this can apply to anybody who has anyone you know younger than them the future generations in their life actively in their life whether you're in a an aunt or uncle role whether you just have friends who have kids whether you have kids of your own or you plan on having kids in the future, I think it's really important to, you know, one, have open dialogue with with those kids at various ages. And, and I think that dialogue looks different in different stages of their life. But I think we have to start the conversation because in most cases, and although kids are, especially at, at various young ages, are open and curious, we have to, I think, use that curiosity and pull out of them and be a bit more proactive in terms of these conversations around finances. Because as you're probably aware, and if you really just sit down and think about it, kids are, and children are, you know, they're minors up until 18. And in most cases, if not all that I've experienced, you know, typically even at 18, you have no idea. You don't know the really the true value of money. You don't understand the value of working and you know obtaining and maintaining an income. You don't understand income versus expenses. You don't know all the nuances that go into where your money goes and how to best save it, how to invest it, how to you know diversify where your your funds go. So what I wanted to do was just again take today to talk maybe generally about how I think the things that we lack maybe in formal education, we should be really owning in our own lives with our own kind of respective relationships with the future generations. But then also how how I see money and how I see those conversations going with my kids, even though, you know, right now they are too young to really have those conversations. But what we're doing now, what we'll do probably in 10 years and 20 years from now to set them up properly to at least set them up for success in a way that is greater than just setting them up financially for success, setting them up to be mindful and thinking about money, knowing the relationship that they have with money, understanding the impact that, you know, spending and buying things has on their money. And, and, and same thing goes with credit cards and credit scores and, 
you know, all debt, student loan debt, all of these things that, you know, I think a lot of 18 to 24 year olds, depending on how long you're in school, get kind of thrown into without much, I would say, proper formal or informal discussion around, okay, now what? And I think some are luckier than others. They may have had parents, again, that have set them up financially, but that doesn't mean that they are set up for success. Just because you have money in a bank account does not mean that you're equipped mentally, emotionally, financially to know how to best utilize that money. I know plenty of people who, you know, kind of grew up quote unquote debt-free. They graduated college with no student loan debt. They had money in the bank. And really between, you know, in their in their 20s, they, they lost it, you know, either because maybe their income wasn't great coming out of college. And that's something that I think we need to talk to the future generations about. And we need to be real honest about what that will look like. But also just making really poor financial decisions. I Again, I know people who are in the financial industry now who maxed out credit cards when they were younger, trying to, you know, quote unquote, look the part professionally. And going back to what is the ROI on on these expenditures? What's the ROI on the on the expenses that you are spending to maybe look a certain way or to have people perceive you in a certain way? So this could be a never ending topic. So I'm going to try and keep it as concrete to my own situation and my own goals with my family as possible. And then really, I'm just hopeful that you guys can take that information and that knowledge and apply it in your own life. And if you aren't planning on having kids, I would really, really suggest, recommend, push you guys to do whatever you can do to you know, enhance the younger generations that are in your life. Even if you're not their direct parent, even if you're not their direct guardian, it's have those conversations with them. If, if you can't have them with them, have them with the adults in their life that are kind of managing that side of their life and their growth. Because I think talking about it, over communicating about it, they're, they're, you really can't go wrong. The only thing I would I would caution is we don't want to overly stress the younger generation in terms of, from a responsibility standpoint, thinking about all these things. So I think baby steps going into these conversations is really key. And so, like I said, what I want to do is kind of go through what what I'm doing today with my, you know, just turned three-year-old and newborn, what I'm, what I'm doing today, again, to set them up for, you know, quote-unquote financial success. But then what I plan to do, and Aldo will be on board with this, is, you know, in the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, the conversations that we're choosing to have with them. So just to start off... What I'm doing, I haven't done it yet for our youngest, but what I've already done for Hudson is I've already set up a couple credit cards with his name on them. So this is really easy to do, guys. And I would just, I would recommend reaching out to the current credit card companies that you use today, because that's obviously going to be your path of least resistance there. But going to those credit card companies, some don't offer it, but some do. And just allowing your child, because even if they're a minor, they could be an authorized user, and just add them as an authorized user to your account. I did this with my my Chase Freedom card, and I received a credit card in the mail with his name on it, which is kind of cool, but kind of silly if you think about it. But I now have a card with his name on it that 
it's the same card. It's the same card information. It's literally numerically all the same numbers. And so it links directly to my, you know, Chase account. So even if he were old enough to use it, I could see all the transactions. But obviously, I'm holding on to that card for probably ever. And basically, what that allows is he can start building credit today as a three-year-old. I did this about a year ago or so, a year and a half ago. So, you know, as a one and a half year old, as an 18 month year old, he, he can start building his credit. So we're gonna do the same thing with our youngest, add her as a authorized user as well to whatever credit cards that we can. And again, that's a really nice way that, and it's very simple, like I said, it takes, you know, look into your credit cards that you have today. It does not take long at all. Just go in and and see if they'll allow you to put in an authorized user who is under the age of 18 or who is under a certain age. Sometimes the age limit is not 18. It may be younger. But, you know, Chase allowed me to do that. So I put him on on my Chase card. So that's one thing that I'm doing right now today to help him you know, help them both actually be set up financially in the future. Because I I think I mentioned on previous podcasts and in a separate episode that that was the one thing I I wish would have been done for me, especially, you know, going into the world debt-free was amazing. Having cash on me was amazing. And that is absolutely invaluable. But when I went to go buy my first car, luckily they had some, what I consider BS program where as a newly graduated student, I could get this low interest rate since I, you know, had no credit. That low interest rate I think was still like six percent. And so I I ended up I ended up paying that for a while, but I paid off the car early. So, you know, long story short, it it'll set your kids up because one of the big things from a credit score standpoint, one of the big factors is history is how long you have had credit. And so just imagine if if your child turns 18 and they've had credit for the past 15 years, like just imagine what that's going to do for their credit score to build their credit. And then you've really set them up as, you know, for success in the best way that you could. And it was very simple and it was very low energy. The other thing that we're doing for, for Hudson right now, and we'll probably do we'll probably do for for both kids obviously in the future is for his third birthday we got him a piggy bank and it's a it's a really cute little wooden h and it has his name engraved on it but again starting your and he's 3 so we still don't expect him to really actively know what's going on for a couple of years probably longer than that but actively Having something where, you know, your child can start developing a relationship with money. In this respect, I think it's a fun little, you know, piggy bank to have some cash. I consider it when I think of, when I think of this and I associate with the accounting world, like petty cash, you have a little petty cash fund. Because this is not obviously where we're investing for him or them and where we're building wealth for them. Because as I tell my clients all the time, and I'll tell you guys again, is, you know, cash that you have in your house is losing purchasing power essentially daily with inflation. So it's really not super wise from an investment standpoint. You're not really investing money when you just have cash at home. But I think it's a really nice way to get your kids or get the younger generation started off early with with money and understanding what it looks like, what it feels like when you start accumulating it, what it means. 
And then as, you know, as they get older and as they start accumulating some money into there, either we'll start funneling that into a bank account, again, separately from another bank account that we're going to start for both of them, but funneling that money into a bank account or allowing them, obviously with our help and guidance, to purchase things. And I think that behavior starting young is very important. One, I think it's important to associate money with things that they want, but to offset that with associating money with things that they and we need as a family. And what I mean by that is, you know, if we go out and and let's say he points out a toy that he really wants, first of all, I'm not just going to let him buy anything on the spot. I am a very strong believer in, you know, let's let's wait a couple days, let's wait a week, let's wait a month if if, you know, his small attention span will let me. And let's see how we feel in a month. Let's see if if our if our wants have changed. Let's see how much it is in relation to what we have in the piggy bank. You know, so let's let's take a look at actually how much this is going to take out of the money that we're saving and that we're building up and, you know, and then just continuously have those conversations about Let's see how we feel after we've we've had this toy. And, you know, let's also associate it with how long they've played with the toy, how long they've enjoyed the toy. Because the other thing that I really want to instill in, in my kids is, you know, we're, well, I can't speak for Aldo because I don't think this is true, but I'm not a very materialistic person. I don't, I don't get a lot of pleasure in buying things. I don't get a lot of pleasure in acquiring things. There's a couple of things that, I think are very valuable and those couple of things I'm willing to spend a decent amount of money on. But for the most part, I'm big into experiences. I'm big into traveling. And so that's one of the things that I want to start associating with and to my kids is the, I think the the value of things, material objects versus experiences and traveling and, and how there's trade-offs involved in that and money money is needed for both of those and just try and instill the priority and the prioritization of experiences and time with the family and time traveling and building upon that rather than things and also i will always stand behind you know for birthdays and christmases my kids will probably never get you know quote unquote everything they want i don't think it's the appropriate way to approach keeping your kids happy or or being a quote-unquote good parent. I will probably never give them everything they want and I will probably do similarly to how my parents did and you know buy some things that are off-brand and buy some things that either you know aren't important and so we can we can we can look at less expensive options or not buy it all together and see if, and take the approach of like delayed gratification and trying to instill that into into our kids and into our future generations, which I know is extremely difficult with smartphones and the internet and social media and everything being so instantaneous these days. It makes it very challenging. So the other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, and this is just what I'm doing personally, and it's going kind of back into investing and, you know, saving for college, and I think generally saving for my kids' future, which I'll get into that in a minute. But the other thing that I'm doing is we have various investments that have various risk-reward 
portfolios. So one is a, a REIT that we put money into. And it's, I've talked about this before, but basically it's slices of real estate and that real estate is broken into various categories. So single family homes, commercial, commercial real estate and, and various other types of real estate storage and and others in various sectors that are maybe doing better than others depending on the economy. But we contribute a certain amount to that monthly. And then on top of that, we also are right now today, which I think we're actually switching gears on that because of the economic situation right now and interest rates and inflation. But we are currently still, at least for 2023, contributing to a Series I bond. The max that we can do right now for our kids' futures. And and I like that I probably, I like that that money is invested in a way where I can pull it out however I need to, because to me, that's, that's some short-term goal money. So whether it's for, and by short-term, I still mean like 10, 15 years from now, you know, probably, probably closer to 15, but it's still money that we can pull out and, and use within that, that time horizon. It's still going to make a, a pretty good return collectively in a combined fashion based on the way I'm diversifying, putting money into both of those places, one being very safe, one being a little bit more risky. And it's, but it's also going to satisfy, it's going to satisfy an investment opportunity, which will give my kids money in the future for things that may or may not be college related. And so, and but then I, you know, that's fully in my name for now. And I will continue to build upon those portfolios to make sure that we have that kind of again, short midterm goal accounted for for them and that we continue to build upon that. Obviously the strategies has to change probably year over year, if not quarter by quarter, depending on again, the economy and what's happening and how quickly it's happening. But that's one of the things that we're, that we're doing kind of actively today. It, again, because we can't get back these years, these years of compounding, these years where our returns will compound upon the returns is absolutely invaluable. So I would also suggest if you do have kids, getting some of these things started today, I think it's more important even than opening a savings account for your kids because of the, again, the the return potential and then the compounding upon those returns is, is key. The other thing, and I alluded to it, is a savings account. So we'll probably open a savings account for sure before they're five um, so that we can start kind of funneling money into there. The other thing is right now we're still we're still getting kind of toys and 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 things as gifts from relatives, but I'm going to try and shift the focus away from things and towards money. It's just hard because kids, especially this age, do like to open things, so that makes it a little challenging. And the balance the balance requires a little bit more thought process. But I like the idea of changing that focus from stuff and things to money that can even go to a travel fund. Like, you know, maybe you can set up a travel fund for your kids or like an experience fund. And then you guys can take a little, use that money to take a little mini vacay or a little staycation or something. And so I think, I think it's a, it's a nice way to integrate holidays and special events and special occasions in a way that isn't just associated with materialistic things and allows us to simultaneously build wealth 
you know, build wealth either, like I said, maybe we put that into a high yielding savings account. Maybe we put that into some of the investments that we have for our short and midterm goals. Maybe we put that into a travel fund that again gets used in the very short term and and then we can all kind of benefit from that. So shifting that focus again away from materialistic things for Christmas and for birthdays, I think is really key. And you know, focus on effort. Focus on effort and time you're spending with the younger generation. Focus on the experiences that you're creating with the younger generation. I think that's going to end up being so much more important and so much more memorable for them. And so I think talking about that and integrating that as soon as possible is absolutely invaluable. The last thing I want to talk about is, you know, Roth IRAs for your kids and also 529 plans. So I think there's there's a lot of benefit to either depending on your situation, depending on if, you know, your thought process around college, around higher education expenses. If you're extremely hell-bent, it is a non-negotiable that your kids or someone in your life of the younger generation is going to college, going to school, and you want to fund that, then I think a 529 plan is a great way to go. I think generally it's a great way to go, but I would I would limit your contribution to a 529 plan to around that like $35,000 point for each child. Because at that point, worst case scenarios, you can roll that money if they don't use it for college into a Roth IRA. And I think a Roth IRA beyond a shadow of a doubt is the best thing to start if and when you can for your kids. So some people who have their own business or who maybe have a side income and maybe they do have you know, their kids working for them. And I will say, I talked to a CPA about this and you need to show proof of them essentially working for you. You need to have a reasonable pay and a reasonable amount of hours associated with that, you know, quote unquote salary you're giving your kids. So all of these things I keep seeing on social media about, oh yeah, just set your set your kids up with a Roth IRA and dump, you know, max that out a year and you're golden. Then you don't pay taxes on it. You don't have to really pay anything because it's your kids and it's a Roth IRA. So There's way more that's involved in that. Obviously, you guys are probably aware a Roth IRA requires you guys or requires whoever is contributing to it because an IRA is an individual retirement account, requires that individual to be earning income. So you have to earn income in order to qualify to open and to contribute to a Roth IRA. But on top of that, again, as a, you know, as a, a minor, let's say your kid is 15 and has a legitimate job, then yes, if they're earning income, then they can put, you know, up to the max per year into that or whatever their income max is, if it's lower than that, than that Roth IRA contribution. But I definitely suggest and recommend maybe, maybe you don't have influencer children who can earn income at age seven, but Let's say they do pick up a part-time job when they're 13, 14, 15, you know, so on and so forth. That's still a lot of years where you guys can help them contribute to a Roth IRA and and do that, you know, 6,500. It'll be more than that by the time, you know, they can contribute probably because right now it's 6,500 a year. But I would suggest doing that as soon as possible because again, you are tapping into really important compounding years for them and one they will thank you later if they 
if and when they fully understand what a, what a Roth IRA means to them, which my kids will because I'm nerdy about all this stuff. And so they will just inherently hear about it. That's it's just going to be part of my upbringing for them. And two, you guys can start having, it's a vehicle to have these conversations with them together. It's a vehicle for getting them aware of one, what it is, and two, why it's important. And then associate it with retirement, associate it with not working as long, associate it with building wealth, associate it with spending more time with each other and family. And I think bringing all of those personal connections together and integrating those will will really kind of hit home, you know, in terms of how important it is, how important those contributions are. And they'll use that and they'll take it with them into their professional life, into into adulthood. And they can hopefully educate others around them who have not been educated, who, who did not have the positive influences in their life that you provided them. And we'll spread the word, we'll spread the knowledge and the education from a financial standpoint. And then so the benefit is just overwhelming at that point. So that's really what I wanted to end on. I think there's so many nuances and there's so many deep dive discussions you can have on this topic, especially when it comes to kids, the younger generation, growing up, learning about and and behaving around money and talking about money. It's a key thing, I think, to have those conversations together, be very open and transparent, be open about what it takes to have certain things. I think that's very important, especially if you're well off and you're maybe in the upper middle class or higher and you have maybe not unlimited disposable income, but you have a a strong amount of disposable income and you guys don't worry about money. It's still really important that they understand why that is and how you guys got there because I'm sure it took a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears to get there and and also just active money management. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. And as always, remember, respect yourself by respecting your money. We'll talk soon.